It's not officially official yet, but it looks like the Washington Commanders will have a new owner before your kids hit summer vacation. That story and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, so please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime at 202-760-2644. Thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view today and every day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. I'm hanging out with you all five days a week, so I appreciate you for doing the same. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download it, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps, all one word, in the game store. What the lawsuit filed by Dwayne Haskins' family really means a bold but maybe too bold trade idea presented by Bleacher Report and some interesting side notes to the sale of the Washington Commanders all coming up on today's episode. But first, we get to the moment we've all been waiting for, which will eventually lead to the moment we've been really waiting for, which is the sale of the Washington Commanders. According to a report from Sportico, Dan Snyder has agreed in principle to sell the Washington Commanders. In the report saying, quote, Dan Snyder has reached an agreement in principle to sell the Commanders for $6 billion to a group led by Philadelphia 76ers co-owner Josh Harris. Harris's group included billionaire Mitchell Rails and former NBA star Magic Johnson. That report coming out on Thursday afternoon. And every day, as you know, we've been talking about this for a while now. We felt that this group, the Josh Harris group, was the front runner for a while now. But there was a little bit of that feeling, kind of that looming, overwatching feeling that Jeff Bezos was going to come in kind of at the last minute in the final hour and swoop in and make a deal that Dan Snyder simply couldn't refuse and become the new owner. But there have been some developments on that leading up to this reported agreement that we're going to get into a little bit here later in the episode. But look, uh, but let's focus on the group that reportedly is going to be buying the Washington Bears. That is Josh Harris's group. And one of the reasons they've been kind of the favorite, one of the front runners outside of Jeff Bezos is simply the sports ownership experience that exists within this group. Again, Josh Harris uh, involved with the New Jersey Devils, co-owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. And then you have Magic Johnson, who is a minority owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you've got uh, sports acumen and oh by the way magic johnson legendary nba player um and extremely successful businessman which all of these guys are but you have that sports in, in integration into their portfolios and that's incredibly important because when you're turning over a team like the washington commanders that have had all this controversy and all these scandals and, and all these accusations happening around the organization you want to make sure if you're the other nfl owners and if you're the league that you're handing over the franchise to someone who not only knows how to navigate the waters from a business sense, but knows how to navigate the waters, understanding just how tight this microscope really is and how hot that lens can be when you're owning a pro sports organization. And obviously the 76ers, 
for better or worse, Ben Simmons, believe in the process and all those things. Those aren't the kind of scandals that you're worried about if you're talking about a sports owner, Magic Johnson and the Dodgers, all of these things. Um, and of course, how do you not love Magic Johnson's uh, approach of it? Of He's got a World Series ring. He's got an NBA championship ring. Now he needs a Super Bowl ring. And hopefully the Washington Commanders can do that for him. So beyond the sports experience, obviously you've got some really smart, successful businessmen now coming into this thing with, as far as we know, clean reputations and uh you know look if there's going to be accusations made about these guys to try to keep them from buying this team it's probably going to happen here in the coming days so now that there's been a reported agreement again in principle what comes next well before the the transition of power can actually officially happen the nfl has to approve the sale uh, of the team to this group of owners and that comes via a vote now the new owners would need 24 votes from the other nfl owners which is three quarters of the league uh, in order to make this thing go through when could that happen in theory the nfl owners could come together and do a special vote there might be some sort of stipulation where they could even do it via zoom or something like that but i wouldn't really count on that happening right these guys are, are incredibly busy people for a reason there, there's a reason they made all the money they made to buy these sports teams and it's not typically because they're sitting on their butts and let's be honest if they're billionaires sitting on their butts somewhere you know sipping my ties or whatever they probably want to continue sitting on their butts right so May 22nd to May 24th, the next league meeting, spring league, me league meeting for the NFL owners is probably when this vote is going to happen. That's if I was if I was betting on this and FanDuel had odds on it, I would bet on May 22nd there being a vote, maybe even May 23rd uh, there being the vote. I don't think, I don't anticipate unless something really weird uh, comes out here in the coming days. I don't think this is really going to be a problem. I think this is kind of a foregone conclusion. The vote will happen. It'll get approved past Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson will be the new owners of the Washington Commanders as of May 23rd, 24th. Not sure if that moment, the sale, boom, bada bing, uh, becomes official, probably some paperwork, some other hurdles to go through. But really, from an NFL ownership standpoint, from an NFL league uh, standpoint, not a huge deal. Like It's not like there's just something that has to happen in order for you know the, the NFL draft to start or, or something crazy uh, like that. So I don't think they're really in that big of a rush. So I, again, I would anticipate May 22nd, 23rd, is probably the day you can circle on your calendar that Dan Snyder will officially no longer be an owner, at least in the eyes of the NFL, of the Washington Commanders. But there could still be an impact on the NFL draft, right? You go back to Phoenix and the previous league meetings where we had all kind of hoped that that would be where this vote would occur and that a new owner would be installed. At that point, what did Ron Rivera say? He was asked about the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson, all these other things, and he admitted if the new ownership comes in and they want Lamar Jackson, we're going to go after Lamar Jackson. If they want this, they're we're going to get the, they're the owners of the team. That's what they do. You know, we have all these stories of Dan Snyder coming off the yacht and making a draft pick. Well, that's what the owners get to do. And some are more involved uh, than others. So will this new ownership want Ron Rivera to go after Lamar Jackson or go after something else? We don't know 100%, obviously, but could they? Certainly they could. And even if they don't necessarily take full control by May 22nd or until May 22nd, May 23rd, this process, there's going to be, I would imagine anywhere, I can't tell you it's guaranteed, but I would imagine there's going to be some visits, there's going to be some walkthroughs, there's going to be, you know, it's like when you buy a house, like you don't just look at the house one time, make an offer, and then boom, you don't see the house again until everything's done, right? You have some inspections, you do some other things, and I can't imagine you're going to buy a $6 billion NFL franchise without some more visits and some more discussions and some more meetings happening, and if Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, Jason Wright are in included in some of those, they may kind of come out like, hey, 
we really like that quarterback from Florida. You know what I mean? And if you're Ron Rivera and you want to keep your job, which he says they do, if you know that your new owners want that quarterback from Florida, you're probably going to do what you can to go after that quarterback from Florida. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying the possibility, the world of possibility certainly exists. But the bottom line is they don't own the team until they own the team, right? So really, until everything is done and the vote happens and, and money exchanges hands and the keys are handed over, it's still Dan Snyder's team. And from what we can tell, Dan Snyder is essentially leaving this thing to Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, the brain trust to do uh, what they're going to do. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think that right now at this kind of point, if you're a smart owner, you're not really coming in trying to say, boom, I'm going to mess up the entire process, the entire ordeal two weeks away from the NFL draft anyway. So here's what we know. The Dan Snyder era has an expiration date. The offense, every dayers, you heard Commander Senior Writer uh, Zach Selby tell us yesterday that if you are optimistic about this offense being improved under Eric Bieniemy, you have reason to be. So that's going to get better. The defense was solid already. Isn't really losing a whole lot of critical pieces right now. And the NFL draft is coming up, so a chance to get even better. So get excited, Commanders fans. I mean, a lot of people try to hold off on offseason excitement and all that. So these are the moments to be excited, man. And I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to keep you bringing them. To, I'm excited to keep bringing you as much good news, hopefully, uh, as possible. But we're also going to bring up some trade ideas that some people will like, some people won't like. Mac Jones, for example. Some of you liked it. Some of you didn't like it. But there's another trade idea. This one's not mine. All right, this one is uh coming from bleacher report but you got to hear it we're going to talk about it react to it take a look at what it looks like that's what that's what we're here to do is uh go through these exercises and the what ifs of the nfl draft build up that's coming up next on today's episode of locked on commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and we'll do that thanks to our friends over at ultimate football gm today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard me talking about this mobile game app before. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give it a try and test out your chops. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you control everything. The price of tickets, you control the coaches, you control the medical staff, the players you keep, the players you don't keep. You start off with the worst roster in the league. You have the number one overall pick. You've got cap space and you've got decisions to make and you get to decide whether or not your team will become a dynasty or not. It all happens in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free to play. And yes, you can win without paying anything. Completely playable offline as well. So you can play it literally anywhere you're sitting. Locked on Commanders listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. So make sure you do that again. Promo code LOCKED ON all caps. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on your app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks again for being locked on. Manage yours. Listen every day. For my everydayers who know you're going to be back here for our Monday episode, it's another Mock Draft Monday. We've got some listener submissions for Mock Draft Mondays. If you want to get in on the mix, make sure you send yours in. Subtexters, you get priority, but email, Twitter DMs, those will work as well. We're going to take a look at a professional national network uh, media look at a mock draft situation, and we'll talk about uh, some more scenarios that are going to come up involving the NFL draft. Speaking of which, we have a couple more interesting notes to talk about regarding the sale process, but we're going to take a beat. Let's get away from the sale talk for just a minute, and let's talk some football. Of course, it's going to be NFL draft related because we're in April and everything is NFL draft related. Sent in by one of my subtexters, and no doubt an everydayer because if you're texting me every day, I'm assuming you're probably watching or listening 
every day. So I greatly appreciate you. Uh, sent me a link to an article from Bleacher Report. One of my coworkers, co-writers over at Commander Country also wrote this up in a reaction to it. Uh, Bleacher Report article written by Alex K, who recently wrote up a hypothetical trade piece about trades that would quote unquote shake up the 2023 NFL season. Uh, and for, for the most part, I think K keeps these, these trade scenarios kind of grounded, even though you are looking for shakeup trades, which are kind of sometimes fantastic. Uh, for the most part, they're kind of grounded. Like we all expect DeAndre Hopkins to get traded. That scenario is in there. The Colts and Lamar Jackson have been a rumor for a while now. That scenario is in there. Derrick Henry trade rumors. Honestly, now that Derek Carr is no longer a Raider, I feel like the Derrick Henry uh, is probably the most often rumored player uh, to be on the move from his team. And even though the Rams training Cooper Cup kind of seems a little bit out there, honestly, if the Giants were to offer three top 100 picks for Cooper Cup alone, given the state that the Rams are in, they might actually uh, take that deal. I don't know. But what's not happening in my eyes is the Washington Commanders training Montez Sweat to the Seattle Seahawks. But not just Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat and Chase Young, because that is exactly the scenario that Kay presents in that article. The Seattle Seahawks get defensive end Montez Sweat and defensive end Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. And in exchange, they send a 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2023 third-round pick. That's picks 20, 37, and 83 to the Washington Commanders. And in return, uh, again, the Seattle Seahawks get Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now, there's a couple of issues with this, this whole scenario. One, uh, if you're the Washington Commanders, not only do you not have one of your quote-unquote premier uh, defensive edge, uh, defensive end players, you don't have either of them, right? Two, the Seattle Seahawks don't run a base 4-3 uh, defense, unless they're changing. But last I talked to Corbin Smith, the lockdown Seahawks, one of the reasons he's so excited for Cody Barton to come into Washington is because he fits as a 4-3 middle linebacker. The Seattle Seahawks don't run that type of system. Well, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, whatever money they've made and whatever uh, reputation they've built, they've done it in a 4-3 base defense. So anyway, I'll leave that up to the Seattle Seahawks to decide what they're going to do with the two guys. Now, granted, the Seahawks, honestly, they actually have the cap space. If you look towards next year, they, they have about 63, 70 million, close to 70 million in cap space. So they actually do this, pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, re-sign Montez Sweat. The free agents that they're getting ready to lose next year, none of them jump off the page as a guy that you just absolutely have to have no matter what. So, I mean, hey, potentially the Seahawks could be interested. I still don't think it's going to happen. Uh, to me, this feels like a move that you go all in on if you're on the lip of making it to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Seahawks are that. If you're Washington, this screams a rebuild. I know the cap situation could use some managing, but to me, still, this kind of speaks of rebuild. I don't think the commanders are in that. But this is speculation season. So if we add picks 20, pick 37, and pick 83 to the current commander's hall of 16, 47, and 97 in the first three rounds, what could that possibly look like from a mock draft scenario? This is what it could look like. At number 16, with their organic first-round pick, I'm going to have the Washington Commanders go on edge Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Now, for the entire time of this offseason, this has been a defensive back spot, right? But if you have no edge rushers outside of James Smith-Williams and no shade to James Smith-Williams, but if James Smith-Williams is your number one edge rusher, you need an edge rusher. So number 16, you go Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Is that a little bit of a reach at 16? Yeah, it is. I'll admit that. But you need him, so you go after him and you get him. Number 20, fortunately, safety Brian Branch is still sitting there, so we grab our defensive back. He's our nickel. We put him in there, uh, and we have a very, very nice safety group 
uh, back there for the Washington Commanders. Come back at number 37, another Seattle Seahawks pick, and we go offensive line. Now, I listed offensive tackle Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Guard Steve Avila from TCU was also available. So really just kind of depends. If Andrew Wiley's going to kick inside at guard, then maybe you take Dewan Jones. If you have Andrew Wiley penciled in as your right tackle, then maybe you go Steve Avila. Either way, we go offensive line here. Either guy is a solid pick, to be quite honest with you. Uh, number 47, we're going to come in. We're going to get Dayon Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State. Cody Barton certainly has some potential. Certainly could be a nice fit like uh, uh, Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks told us, told us he will be. But let's double down. Let's go get Dayon Henley, and let's get a young guy in uh, to compete. Number 83, our last Seahawks pick. We're going edge again. We're going Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. I like James Smith-Williams on the other side. Obviously, he and the other guys that filled in for Chase Young while he was injured did a really good job. But you still want to add some talent there. So we go Isaiah McGuire. And then number 97, I'm going running back Tajay Spears. I think we need some more flavor to that running back room with Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Williams. So I'm going Tajay Spears there. Uh, I am an idiot. So I wrote Texas in there for Tajay Spears. He is very much out of Tulane. So ignore that school identifier for Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears uh, certainly out of Tulane. So really at the end of the day, I think what Washington ends up doing in this scenario, if they were to do something like this, Reset the cap a bit at the edge position. You've already got a lot of money paid to your defensive tackles. You get a first-round pick at the, at the edge group, so you have that uh, set up for five years if you want it. You have another guy for four years. You develop them. James Smith-Williams continues to be a solid contributor, as do the other players uh, in the edge group, You know, like again, like we saw while Chase Young was out. So, um, And if and if Miles Murphy and, and Isaiah McGuire can't really chip in, then maybe you go with a lot of big fronts. We saw some big fronts from the Washington Commanders last year. Uh, as well. Fidari Mathis is back. John Ridgeway is still there. So you have uh, the, the weapons you need to do uh, to make some some big fronts if you're Jack Del Rio in that defense. Speaking of fronts, Jeff Bezos reportedly bowed out of considering buying the commanders a couple days ago. And then boom, we get an agreement on a sale. That's not a coincidence as far as I'm concerned. On Wednesday, front office sports reported that Bezos had decided to not bid on the commanders and that quote, there's a feeling within Bezos's camp that he has been used to push the bidding by others in the franchise to a higher level, end quote. Can you believe that to be true? You can absolutely believe that to be true, that basically, hey, Jeff Bezos might come in here and swoop it up. Jeff Bezos might come in at the last minute and, and outbid everybody. You might want to raise your bids. Absolutely, that could possibly be true uh, in scenarios like this one. And you know what? If you're Jeff Bezos, uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily blame you by being uh, a little bit perturbed by that, but honestly, if that's all it took, if, if Bezos saying, you know, you're just throwing my name out there to try to get bids to go up, so I'm going to bow out completely. If that's all it took to get Bezos to bow out, maybe he wasn't as committed as we thought that he should be or was going to be uh, up front. Would rather go to war uh, personally with the guy who really wants it. So a guy like Josh Harris, who tried to buy an NFL franchise when the Broncos were for sale, trying to get now, obviously wants to be in the NFL business. Magic Johnson wants a Super Bowl ring. So I'd rather go to war with guys that are bringing that kind of energy versus guys that are maybe just kind of interested in doing it because that's just basically what everybody expects him uh, to do. Also, helping push this agreement along, I think, was the finality of uh, Tillman Fertitta's uh, bid. Uh, Tillman told CNBC recently, quote, I'll be flat out honest, I made a bid on the Washington Commanders for $5.6 billion. That's the value that Forbes had them at, and at some point, you've got to draw a line. I don't think $6 billion is the right number. I'm done. So, uh, end quote. And again, that's a little bit of paraphrasing. He said a lot more than that, but that's kind of the key points there. So Tillman Fertitta uh, putting in a bid of $5.6 billion. He says, uh, obviously, the Washington Commanders were going to go for $6 billion or more than that if they could push the Bezos name uh, and the price point higher. So 
Tillman decided, hey, you know what? I own the Houston Rockets. I'm good. I'll bow out. So with Bezos and Fertitta out, really, I mean, the the only option really left was a Josh Harris group. There's other options officially available, but Josh Harris's group really is the only one uh, available. So now you have uh, this acceptance of the bid. And again, now we just wait to find out when the voting will be. Uh, again, my opinion, probably May 22nd, 23rd at the next league meeting. But you never know the owners if they really want to get this thing done quick. They could call uh, an emergency meeting or a special vote, whatever, however they decide uh, to coin. So it appears, Commander Sands, you're going to get the new ownership that you wanted and that you deserved for so long. And don't forget Magic Johnson again said he's got an NBA ring. He's got a Major League Baseball ring. He needs a Super Bowl ring. And of course, you're going to be here for the ride as he pursues it. I will be here as well with you. And we will discuss it back and forth. Going to finish the week with some unfortunate developments concerning uh, the death of former Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Earlier this week, statements, stories, and new developments came out surrounding the death of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I didn't want to address it until now because, honestly, I want to make sure that I had my own thoughts and my own understanding of everything that was going on organized. Uh, try not, you know, really don't want to misspeak about anything involving this uh, type of a situation. Also wanted to give us some time to breathe uh, because sometimes when things like this happen and statements come out uh, and all that, there's other immediate information that kind of comes out. And I didn't want to be playing catch up with the whole thing. Wanted to make sure that we gave it uh, some time. So knowing my luck, Friday afternoon, some new stuff will come out. But it's the end of the week. So if we're going to talk about it, we got to talk about it. One year ago on April 9th, Dwayne Haskins was killed when he was struck uh, by what's been described as a dump truck early morning on a busy highway in South Florida. At the time, his death was ruled an accident by a medical examiner on the case. Um, and then it was reported that Haskins' blood alcohol level was 0.24, which is very high. And he tested positive for ketamine and norketamine. Now, ketamine is a hallucinogenic that is popular in the club and rave scenes. Norketamine is related, but uh, from what I can read uh, online, is much more potent than uh, normal ketamine. Um, now, on Monday of this week, the day after the one-year anniversary of his death, Haskins family lawyer Rick Elsley revealed that they believe Dwayne was drugged and targeted for blackmail and robbery while in South Florida, and that those actions directly led to his death. Now, there's a statement released, and part of their supporting evidence, uh, they state publicly, is the theft of a watch, which the lawyer in the statement described as highly expensive uh, prior, shortly before his death is part of that evidence of that drugging and robbery uh, scheme involving or targeting uh, Dwayne Haskins. That is the statement. Uh, as part of a lawsuit filed on behalf of the Haskins family last month that identifies four people, two restaurants, one hotel, and a driving range as defendants in the suit. Now, Haskins' widow is named as the plaintiff. Plaintiff, And in addition to some damages, the lawsuit is also calling for a jury trial regarding the death of her husband. The statement goes into some details. I'm not going to read all of them. You can find them online on Twitter if you really want to read it uh, about what happened and how the family appears to believe that Haskins' death shouldn't be chalked up to a simple accident and that there is clear negligence and even criminal behavior involved. But it's not just potentially the people who set him up uh, or were targeting him in this scheme. One of the things the family and lawyer are publicly demanding is disclosure of the truck driver's cell phone records. And they point out that apparently the driver refused a blood test uh, at the time of the incident, and the alcohol tests have not yet been provided. So essentially, this lawsuit's main purpose appears to me to be an effort to compel availability of information and get statements from people who may be able to uh, connect some of the unknown dots of what was happening the morning uh, of Haskins' death, the night prior to Haskins' death, all those things. 
and the family is essentially tired of waiting and wants some transparency, clarity, and information. Now, I spoke to multiple law enforcement personnel not connected with this case, but just about investigative practices and due process and all those stuff. And some of those law enforcement personnel did admit to me that, yes, some of these investigations uh, and some of these arms of the judicial system will take their time in releasing information, especially in high profile cases, because they know that if they don't get it right or if they don't have their ducks in a row, it's going to lead to a lot of negativity uh, and all those things, which is certainly understandable. But to a certain extent, after a year, I think the family deserves some answers. So if there's something that, you know, investigators or an investigative office is kind of sitting on, I think after a year's time, uh, the, the family of Dwayne Haskins certainly deserves some answers to some of these questions. I hope that they get them, whether they prove the family's suspicions right or not. Obviously, there's no guarantee in that, but but I think every family deserves closure when there's the loss of a loved one and there's any kind of uncertainty. So that's kind of the latest on the Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, death investigation and and all those things. And obviously, certainly there's there's going to be more to come. Um, you know, Dwayne spent a very short amount of time with the team relative, spent a lot of sh a short amount of time on this planet relative. Um, so, you know, hopefully his family can get the closure and the information that they need. In the meantime, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Commanders first listen today, every day, and I hope you have a safe weekend. Shout out to all you everydayers again. Next show is a mock draft Monday. We will be going over more mock draft simulations, situations, rumors, speculation as we get ready for the NFL draft. Next week is the Ron Rivera Martin Mayhew pre-draft press conference. Subtexters, if you've got things you want to know about the NFL draft process preparation from Coach Rivera and Martin Mayhew, shoot them to me and I'll see how many I can get in during the press conference. Uh, again, if you want to get in on all the texting fun, 202-760-2644. First two weeks are free. So if you hit it up right now, you can get through the NFL draft completely free. See what it's all about. We're having a blast over there. Some of your questions and your mock drafts to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com on Twitter at dharrison82 in the YouTube comments or again via text 202-760-2644. Uh, and look, if you send me an interesting trade article, maybe we'll talk about it just like we did on today's episode. For now, signing off, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country on Sports Illustrated's Foundation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders, and more importantly, hanging out with you five days a week with all you everydayers out there. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. And I'll see you right here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.